0: Hey, it's Jocelyn with the Meliora Mentor Podcast, and today I had the opportunity to interview Nellie Harden of the 6570 Project, and she gives some great info and insights into building a foundation that your kids can build on. Super good episode with some good insights, so I'm excited for you to listen I am trying to get a hundred reviews on my podcast this year. So if you could go to iTunes and give me a rating and review, that would really help me. That helps this podcast to be found by other mothers. And I would really appreciate you taking some time to do that for me. Let's jump into our episode. Hi, I'm Jocelyn, the host of the Meliora Mentor podcast. Meliora means better in Latin. I encourage better thoughts for a better you and a better life through taking small steps in thought and action. I help pregnant women and mothers to find positivity in their season of life through changing their thoughts to work for them and not against them. I help mothers find the small, doable steps without making drastic changes to their everyday life. And I can help you. Thanks for joining. Hey, this is Jocelyn. Welcome to the Meliora Mentor Podcast. Today, I'm really excited to introduce my guest. My guest is Nellie Harden. Nellie is a family and leadership coach who focuses on helping parents eliminate power struggles with their daughters and helps them grow into confident, wise, and respectful young women that are actually ready for the world. If that doesn't call to you, I don't know what does. Nellie is the wife and mom of four daughters, author, speaker, and podcaster, homeschooling parent, and adventure chaser. She has a degree in biology and psychology. And a diverse behavior background from humpback wells in the South Pacific to teens and parents in homes across the world. She believes in a life of intention and making dreams and goals realities. She knows that the best way, that the best way they help the world is through live one living room at a time. And I really love that because as mothers, that's one of our main goals is to Help raise strong, wise, confident children. So Nelly or Nelly, <laughs> tell us a little bit about you, your story, and what you do.
1: Well, hi, first of all, thank you for having me on the show. You bet. <laughs> um, so yeah, my name is Nellie Harden and I am what I would call a family life and leadership coach. But what's interesting is, you know, a lot of people hear leadership coach and they think, oh, she's, you know, helping, it's like DECA or something like that, right? She's helping people get into white collar, CEO type businesses. And that's not it at all. Um, Some people might choose to go that way, but what I really help people do is I help parents equip their kids to become self disciplined leaders of their own lives. And we really need that, especially today with the world and all of its uncertainty, right? And not just that, but also the constant distractions that are hitting all of our kids today, especially our young women who tend to pay attention to it a bit more than our young men do. And so, um, I just find it fascinating having four of them myself and my kids are four corners of a square. They, even though the two in the middle are twins, um, they are right now, they're 12, 14, 14, and 16. And, I mean, four corners of a square, they couldn't be any more different. And how I discipline them is different. How I talk to them is different. How we get through issues is different. Um, So we live on the um, East coast of the United States. We moved out here about six years ago, my husband. um, So I've been married for uh, a bit over 20 years now, and it's my husband and I and our four kids. And we really moved out here for quality of life for lack of a better way to say it. Um, we just, um, like you were saying in, in the intro, we really do live by this life of intention and freedom. And when I was a young woman and, you know, in my teens, I noticed, um, looking back i noticed that i i wasn't equipped necessarily with some of the things that really could have helped me in my when i left home and i was a quote unquote adult right and you're like 18 here's your license to life and <laughs> we're you know going to drop you off and see you later good luck and um so it, it looking back i'm like wow if i would have had some of the things that i have done now in the past 10 15 really like 17 years of personal development, family development, um, uh, interpersonal relationship development and all of that. If I would have had a taste of that before I ever left home, there's definitely some pivots in my road, some really, really painful pivots of my road that, that, uh, were in my road that I don't think would have been there. I would have, I would have known better. I would have been able to make wiser decisions. I would have been able to have more respect for myself. I would have definitely had more confidence in myself and those wisdoms. um, You know, there's, there's practical wisdom, right? There's um, intellectual wisdom, uh, your academics, there's your interpersonal, how you relate to other people. And then there's also your personal wisdom, which is your emotional intelligence and, and about yourself. And if I would have been equipped with some of those things, then I might've been able to avoid some of the more painful parts of my past that have then affected me for decades afterwards. And now having four children of my own, four young women, and I volunteer out in the community with young women all around. um, And I work with young women and their families all around the world. I just see these patterns and this common story, (coughs) excuse me, this common story happening over and over and over again. And it really comes down to building them to that place where they can leave home equipped, like hardcore equipped with that confidence, respect and wisdom. And if we can do that along with whatever else the parents see fit, you know, I, Uh, There's, you know, these are the three things that are definite that, um, you know, are useful and and need to be in there. But then some parents are like, and you know what, she's really good at piano. And we want to, you know, really do that. Awesome. Well, you know, we'll put that in there too. Or there's some that um, their daughters uh, really suffer from social anxiety. Okay. That'll be, you know, part of there too. So these are the three boxes that are definitely uh, checked. And then we add some more depending on whatever unique fingerprint that family has. Um, and even within those three, there's a unique fingerprint, right? Confidence for one is, uh, for one woman is going to look different than confidence for another woman, but they're both their confident selves, which is a really beautiful thing to witness them becoming being in this state of becoming in their, uh, tween and teenage years, which is really nine to 18, the second half of childhood. And then once they are in that adult, you know, quote unquote phase, and they're transitioning from the home to the world, then that becoming becomes such a a reality. And it's so beautiful to witness because every young woman is different, but we want to unconform to quote unquote normal because normal has a lot of downsides to it, especially today that we don't want to see in our young women.
0: Yes, I love that. I feel like those three traits are super confident. We want to raise our children to be, like those three words you said, confident, wise and respectful adults, not raising kids to be kids. And I feel like the the journey you're on of sharing what you've learned and passing that on to your daughters and not only your daughters, but the community you're building through your podcasting and your coaching is is inspiring and can help those women with their unique individuality so I am really excited to dive into this and that's actually our topic What you mentioned is building the foundation your child needs to live their best life so how do you build the foundation that your child needs to live their best lives, how does so- a mom do that.
1: Yeah. So it's not as easy as saying, Oh, we're going to build your confidence today. Check the box. Did it right. That's (laughs) that's (laughs) not, you know, bippity boppity boo of you. And so um, uh, it really, there is a road that must be walked in there. And first there's self-esteem and I'm actually um, like, I I run workshops on self-esteem parenting workshops in order to help parents build their daughter's self-esteem because self-esteem is valuing and appreciating yourself. Self-confidence is believing in yourself. That is beyond self-esteem. So we need to get self-esteem first, which is where, unfortunately, because of all of those inputs uh, coming in today, the 24-hour social network, the the FOMO, fear of missing out, right? The, um, what are they going to think of me? The chameleon attitude that a lot of our young women have. I'm this person around these people and I'm this person around these people And heaven forbid these paths cross because I don't know who I'll be, right? And uh and it it always happens, and um, so self-esteem really needs to be in place, and that's that's always where I start. My coaching always starts in there, and I look at it like this. Um, I'm a very visual person, so I'll tell you a little
0: story. (laughs) Sounds great. I love stories, I can relate to them. So this is okay.
1: Okay, perfect. So um, is a family is living on a house on the shore. Right. And the family has, uh, um, children. And during the first half of that childhood, the parents are building a boat on land for this child. They're giving the child everything that they can in this, in this boat and building it for them. Well, comes the second part of childhood. And this is the great transition where we put the child in the boat and the boat in the water. And we're still connected to that boat. There's a rope that we have to this boat and your child is holding one end, you're holding the other on shore. And this rope is 6,570 feet long. That is how many days we have in 18 years, by the way, 6,570. I um, actually just last week, I, last a week ago today, last Wednesday night, I helped a friend of ours um, deliver her daughter into the world. And just looking at that little peanut and. And this little six pound, eight ounce peanut and being like, oh, you have, you know, we have 6,570 days, your mama, your daddy, that's how long they have, um, in order to help you build into the woman that you can be in this world and then set you, you know, set you a sail and let you soar. Um, but anyway, that was just amazing to be able to see that, but you have this rope, um, that you're connected with now the child that's on the boat, right? They're going to be learning the environment, right? how the how the wa- the lay of the, the lay of the land, so to speak, but they're on water, right? Um, how to work the boat, how to uh, help themselves, what skills that they need in order to work the boat, but also how to look out in the environment around them. And sometimes you can let that rope out a little bit more and sometimes you're going to have to pull it in. but you're always connected during that until, They hit that 18th birthday or somewhere around that. Like my kid turns, uh, what she's going to turn 18 April before she graduates, but somewhere around there, once you hit the end of that rope, they're going off to live their own life. But in doing that. They already have the skill sets that they need from being attached to you during that time, right? They know what to do if there's a boat leak, they know what to do if there's a storm, they know what to do um, and how to work themselves. They can't just sleep all the time, right? They actually have to get up and proactively do things. All of that is happening during this partnership and this do with you second half of childhood. And so that really is kind of a, in essence right there, you can look at and say, okay, we did for you. We, we gave you things and now we're doing with you and we're partnering with you during your second half of childhood. And in that, uh, I always say the rope is going to be made out of truth and trust, right? It ha- there has to be truth and trust between the two of you in order for this to work. And it might be frayed. I mean, quite honestly, it very well could be frayed. Mine has been frayed with my kids before, and then we fix the darn rope, right? And then um, I've seen some that are nearly on their last thread. Guess what? We fix the darn rope. And so we're working on truth and trust. And in the middle, the the whole teaching process is all about creating vision, right? And, and that has to do with your mindset cycles and where that esteem comes in, right? That value and appreciation for yourself. We work on discipline and real discipline, not, not just, um, consequences, but real discipline, which is teaching. And then we work on vulnerability and what that looks like and resilience and what that looks like. And then we have our outcomes and our applications to all of these things in there. So, all of that's the teaching method. And then when they go off and and you're done, the outcome, the outcome of all of this beautiful work that you've done in partnership with them, including big belly laughs, hopefully some great kitchen dance parties, and also some really tough moments is that confidence, wisdom, and respect that they can go off into their life with.
0: I love that. And I love that you talk about some of those, um, bigger values that i think sometimes get ne- neglected like the the vulnerability and resilience life is not very easy no <laughs> it no. can be very hard and so that you're i love that you're trying to build this into these into women and the mothers teaching the women so that they can have proper coping mechanisms for when it's hard through understanding vulnerability and resilience and i love the true di- discipline as well real teaching it's not just rote but something that you are intentionally doing to help them as they grow up like you say to get those three confidence wisdom and respect so super cool so what are the some of the most important aspects to take from childhood Um, the experiences
1: for sure. I mean, when you, when you take from childhood, you want to grow from the experiences that you have, the experiences that you have yourself, but also those that are happening out in the world. And, um, something just comes to mind. I know with everything happening in, in Ukraine and the world um, right now, there's this uh, beautiful little girl that sang, let it go. And um, she was uh, speaking in her native language down in one of the shelters. And, you know, I showed that to my, to my little girls and well, they aren't so little, but my little girl, but talking about the resilience, I was like, look at this. I mean, here they're in a bomb shelter somewhere surrounded by, you know, Walls on all sides. There's so many of them packed in there. And she had the bravery to get up and sing. And that brought so much peace to so many, peace and hope to so many people around her. Right. And, you know, just, taking in different experiences like that, borrowed experiences, if you will, even though it's not there, hopefully they will never be in a place that they're sitting in a bomb shelter somewhere and they get up to sing, but even just borrowing by witnessing this bravery that's in this, um, this other little girl halfway around the world is, is really touching. So all that to say experiences, right? Um, Like you said, life is not easy. I, You know, can anyone ever think of a day that the whole 24 hours was like smooth sailing, easy peasy? I mean, I can't. (laughs) Right, me either. (laughs) Right, and so learning how to, take the good. I I find it like, or I call it like finding joy in the crevices, right? There's a lot happening, but there's always, always joy that can be found. And if we can focus in on that and it kind of wipes away everything else. So that, that comes in with gratitude, right? And that's part of, uh, resilience right in there. And, one of the biggest parts that you can take from childhood though, if, if the parents uh, can teach it to them is the way to communicate with other humans. No one on this planet that I know of has lived a life from birth to death in total solitaire, like solitary confinement. Everyone is with other humans. And if you're with another human, that means interaction is inevitable. Communication is inevitable. And you have to be able to communicate in a way that the person you're speaking to actually understands what you're saying through your words, if you can. Um, but your tone and your body language and what you're trying to convey to them, right? There are couples that don't even speak the, the same language at all, but they understand one another through the 90% of communication that is tone, attitude, and, and uh, body language, right? So if you can speak in a way communicate in a way that the other person understands you because you know them and you can understand, you can uh, speak their language. Then that is so powerful. And to do that, you need to know personalities. You need to know their learning styles. You need to know, you know, uh, for me, like I said earlier, I am a very visual earner earner (laughs) learner. (laughs) And, um, so I, I homeschool my kids and, uh, my three youngest right now anyway. And, um, earlier today, one of them, we were doing something with science and one of them was like, "Um, how about you not write notes on the board for this part so that we could just pick it up. And I was like, okay. And of course I ended up finding myself writing notes on the board um, downstairs. And she was like, I thought, uh, you know, you said you weren't going to, I was like, I know, but I'm a visual person. And so it helps me understand what I'm reading and teaching. If I'm writing notes, they're like, all right, whatever. And um, so but if someone told me to just stand up and read a book in front of everybody forever i probably wouldn't understand 5% of what i was reading because i need to be able to see it and but there's other people that if you put them up there or if or you were trying to teach them something with any visual they would be like that distracts me i just want to listen to you and close my eyes and that's why it's really important to know how our kids can understand us because especially if you have a frayed rope if you have that frayed trust end um, Uh, truth that is happening right there, then You're going to go into their room after they've been in there for too long on their phone for too long, or have late homework assignments or got in trouble with school or what have you. And you're going to start talking at them and they are not, there's going to be a wall right there. And they are not going to listen to what you say whatsoever because they don't understand. You're not speaking to them in a way that they are understanding you. And so communication is definitely something that is huge that you want to take out of your childhood toward that adult adulthood.
0: Yes, I think that is so important because communication builds on everything. Like it builds the rest of your life. If you desire to find a spouse and get married, like communication is so important in marriage and to teach them those skills while they are young and in these teen and tween years is going to be vital and really help them, like you say, to to move forward and maybe not mis- make mistakes that you or I have, <laughs> have had to deal with. So that's awesome. I also liked your comment about finding joy in the crevices, that gratitude is so powerful in, at least it has been in my life and transforming. So thank you for bringing that up. So why are, why is like talking about the experiences and the way you communicate, why are these so important?
1: Because that's where building takes place, right? Um, I just, uh, did a talk recently about bullying and, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of bullies out there. There's a lot of, but so I, I, I know some bullies I've dealt with this with, um, uh, out in our community. I was involved with something, uh, not too long ago, and I know this girl that was doing the bullying and she's, you know, someone that I know from out in the community and she's not a bully, um, but she was bullying. Right. And so I find it just very interesting to take a step back and always know that hurt people hurt people. Right. So something mm-hmm. happening in order for her to turn around and do something. And bullying really just as an example is, is this two-sided coin, right? You have, um, the victim mentality, you have the power, uh, side. And then if you ride the rim of that, because there's three dimensions to it, of course, that's the acceptance, right? I will do anything to be accepted. And if that means that I am a bully, but I'm also a victim by that because I don't want to be a bully. So I'm also a, a victim toward me, myself being a bully, right? There's all these convoluted, um, uh, edges that happen in these tween and teen years. If they don't go into it, understanding what are my core values? What are my core beliefs? And by the way, it's okay if they change, but I need to know what they are right now. What accountability do I have outside accountability, inner accountability, right? What are my identity statements that I am having? Is, are they changing every hour on the hour, every minute on the minute, or am I building who I am? and not this whole, um, someone told me, gosh, it was probably eight, nine years ago now. And they were up on stage. I was at a conference and, um, very well-known speaker. And he said, There's this very huge, you know, misnomer about people going and finding themselves. Right. And this is what I find, especially in the teen and tween young women right now is, oh, well, I don't, I'm just going to go find myself, you know? Oh, I found that I'm this, you don't find yourself. You build yourself. Right. Mm, I love that. Yeah. And I'm like, it's not like yourself is in the field of daisies out there and you got to go pick the right <laughs> one. And you're like, Oh, I think I found, it. Oh wait, maybe that one is me. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> ah, that one has more petals. Maybe that one is me. And you have to build yourself over time and that's going to require starting from somewhere. So when I work with people, there's two fixed points. There is uh, figuring out where exactly you are right now in your parenting journey and you know where your your daughter is. And then the other fixed point is where do we want to go? And like I said earlier, those three check boxes of confidence, wisdom and respect are always there and then is there others that you want to be there too? And then we map out the journey in order to get there. and sometimes that journey is only, 50 days long, a hundred days long. If, if we're talking about later teens and sometimes many times I get, um, I get parents with kids that are 13, 14, 15, and we have a little bit longer, but no matter what starting the journey is going to help, even if they turn 18 tomorrow, right. Just starting this journey, having that intention of going and then figuring out exactly where we want to go building the map to get there. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, being intentional, um, I forgot what question that we started this off with, but no,
0: you're good. <laughs> I just start I just start talking and it all comes out. Um no, I love it. We were talking about why they are important, but I think at the end you're really alluding to kind of mapping it out and having that vision that you yes. desire to work towards. Yeah. That's awesome. And I have um so actually I have two more questions. How do we get there? Well, that is
1: definitely going to take intention, And honestly, today, especially, I think parents need more than just their perspective. And this is why. So you have your parenting perspective at home and you also have all of this time, you know, your kid, the best. That is, that is hands down true. You probably know them more than they know themselves, especially during these teen and tween years, because you have, you know, what you gave them, right. And what you were building that boat together, uh, or, or uh, you were building that boat for them during that first half of, um, parenting. And then you partnered with them and you're doing this, but they lose track of all of that by all of these distractions around them all the time, the school, the friends, the sports, the, the pressures, the bullies, if they, you know, uh, Bullying, whatever they're doing, they lose track of that. And so it's really important to be able to be intentional and get different perspectives in there, which is why I really, really always recommend coaching and mentoring for parents. I can't tell you how many I have had um, since I became a parent um, almost 17 years ago. And I started you know, off really early and I've gained so much. Uh, intuition and understanding about my own parenting, about my own kid, just by having somebody else speak into it. Right. And actually get to know what's going on in our home and then be like, Oh, okay. So this is what I'm seeing. And it could be something I'm just too close to it sometimes. Right. And so it's really nice to get someone else's perspective, understanding. It's just like, I don't know. I'm, I'm teaching the history of science this year. So this is just on my brain, but you know, we've built on science from, the early Greeks, right? It's not like today we have people trying to, you know, figure out what a cell is, right? We've already done that. We've checked the box and so we can move forward. And that's why it's important to build on the village, build on the other parents, um, and parenting coaches, mentors, and everything around you. So we can do the best we can. I believe every parent is doing the best they can. Um, but if you know better, you can, do better for your child. And for me, I see my parenthood journey as I call it the 6570 family project, because I am the architect of the beginning of someone else's life. And I darn well better take that seriously and do the best that I can at that. And that means investing and, and, and taking in other people's perspectives and, um, just getting out there and learning more.
0: Yes, I love that. I homeschool my children as well. And I was having a really hard time with my, with my son. And I, I didn't have any like parenting coaches at the time, but I reached out to some moms that are farther ahead in the journey than me. And I asked them some insight and they really helped me out. You're right. Sometimes we're too close to it. And that outside perspective can really help. And I have had coaches and it does, it makes, (laughs) it makes a difference. It makes a really big difference. So (laughs) thank you for sharing that. Um, my last question is, do you have any other advice or encouragement that you want to share with fellow moms who desire to build these strong foundations for their children?
1: You know what? I just want to say, just start and do it. And like I said earlier, it's never too late. I have run into so many parents that have 13 and 14 year old kids that have given up on parenting because they're like, Oh, well I raised them and this is who they are. And it is what it is. They are quote unquote normal. It's fine. And I've done well over a hundred interviews just in this year alone so far, which is not very long. So less than 90 days, I've done over a hundred interviews with families around the world of young women. And I mean, you would be shocked. It's, uh, my daughter is a varsity, you know, three, three sport varsity kid. She's just a normal teenager. My kid is in trouble with the law. It's just normal. My kid has an eating disorder. It's normal. My kid, um, was caught stealing last week and, uh, it's normal. My kid is, um, uh, just really sad and depressed and spends all day in her room, but that's normal. My kid is on her way to Harvard, but that's normal. Right. And so this, this idea of, uh, of normalcy, right. Which let's be honest, there's no such thing as normal. Normal is like the average of abnormal, which we all are. We're all on our own separate paths. And our daughters are too. All of our kids are on their own separate paths. And so, When we can take that out and be like, wait a second, what is actually serving her now and serving her future? Let's work on that. Let's move forward through this because their entire childhood, their entire 65, 70, you as their parent are their highest influence or highest impact. I don't care who they look like or look at on Instagram or TikTok or whatever that has a million, two million uh, followers, you as their parent are their highest influencer. And that happens whether you try or not, whether you're there or not, whether you are incredible at it or not, you are impacting the rest of their life. So if that is true, which it is, you might as well do a great job at it.
0: Yes, do your best and just start. I love that it's never too late. Well, Nellie, thank you. You've given a lot of insight. I have three daughters of my own. They're quite younger than yours, six, four, and one, but I love, I love your insight. And it just really encourages me to, to build them, to build to build through everything you talked about today and helping them to be confident, wise, respectful, to find joy, to communicate. These are just such good reminders. And I really appreciate you joining me on the podcast today. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. You bet. We'll talk again. Okay. Thank you for being a part of the Meliora Mentor Podcast, for listening, for sharing, and for most of all, applying these tools into your own life to improve your own happiness so that you can find your own better thoughts for a better you and a better life through taking small steps in thought or action to reach your goal. If you are one of those individuals who have an inner desire but are having a difficult time making progress in your goals, I can help you find the small doable steps without drastic changes to your everyday life. Reach out. Let's connect and let's see you move forward. My name is Jocelyn, and I thank you for listening. Until next time.